Friends, hi. Uh, it's good to be with you. And I'm glad that I've preached at the church several times before because I am at the moment sitting in my house. I am talking to a screen. But at the same time, I have a very clear idea of uh, who I'm talking to. Uh, and it feels much more like a normal Sunday service than, uh, well, than I thought it would do, to be honest. So greetings to from Leckhampton Baptist Church in Cheltenham, where I am in membership. Um, we're doing Zoom services on Sundays, and uh, that seems to be working pretty well. Um, and we're about to welcome a new student minister in July. So in some ways, at any rate, church life just seems to carry on. So today we are in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those are lovely words. Maybe Andrew or others have already made the point that fruit, the word fruit in Greek is singular. And so these qualities aren't fruits of the Spirit, they are fruit of the Spirit. So you can imagine the fruit as being like a gemstone, maybe like a diamond instead. Um, and these things are different facets of the gemstone, but it's just one thing. And as we grow into the likeness of Christ, we change so that these Christ-like characteristics grow in us as well. And, you know, we might need to polish up one facet or the other if we aren't acting or feeling particularly joyful or kind or gentle. But all of these things grow in us if we are rooted in Christ and living by the Spirit. So I've got peace. And um, the irony is that Galatians is probably the least peaceful book that Paul ever wrote. It's also the least patient, the least kind, or the least gentle. And I wouldn't call it particularly self-controlled either. And as he comes to the end of the book, he is probably simmering down a bit. And it's almost as though he's exhausted himself. But at the same time, he's still not really happy. He's not peaceful. And I don't want to repeat too much of what Andrew might have said, but it might help us to know why, what's going on in this book of Galatians. Well, the Galatians were a primarily non-Jewish church. Um, the place was in modern Turkey, and um, they had just believed and were baptised, and they got on with following Jesus. And then along came other Christians who said, well, no, that's not enough. If you want to be Christians, you have effectively to become Jews as well. The men have to be circumcised and you have to keep the Jewish ritual laws. And Paul is outraged. He's boiling mad because for him, this undercuts everything that he's been trying to say. Christ is offering something new. The gospel is for the world. Christ alone is enough. It's not Christ and anything. It is just Christ. And so he's really cross and he starts, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. So you can see how angry he is. For him, this is a denial of grace. And I thought it was important to set that context if we're going to think about peace, because, well, what do you think of when you think about the word peace. Um, somebody's defined peace as the interval between two wars. And that is factual, it might be a bit cynical, but at the same time it does point to something. That is that peace is sometimes seen as being a negative sort of virtue. Peace is not fighting, 
It goes together with quiet, as in, for goodness sake, let me have some peace and quiet. So peace is inoffensive. Peace is walking away from confrontation. And let me say that I think all of those things are true. You know, it is really easy for people to sort of butt heads over some issue. You know, everybody has a stake in the outcome and uh, nobody wants to give up. And what starts off as a discussion becomes an argument and then it becomes a row. And, you know, then it becomes a war. And it's all because nobody has the peacemaking spirit that Jesus talked about. And no one will walk away and say, well, you know, let's just sleep on this. And sometimes winning isn't everything. Sometimes letting the other person have their victory is the bigger thing to do. And God blesses those who are prepared to lose for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And I can certainly think of times in my life when I absolutely should have walked away, and I haven't. And uh, because of temper or pig-headedness or whatever reason, I have been the cause of conflict, or at least I haven't been the one who has ended the conflict. And peace in the sense of not fighting, peace is a really good thing. But that's not all there is to it, is it? Because peace isn't just letting things slide. It's not just not rocking the boat. It's not not confronting when things are wrong or not standing up for people who need someone to stand up for them. It's not anything for a quiet life. And you know, I said I could think of times in my life when I should have walked away from conflict and I haven't. But I can also think of times when I shouldn't have walked away, and I have. And those are the times that I feel worst about. Those are the times that I most regret. Uh, those are the times when I think, well, you know, I really wish that I could go back and change what I did then or what I did not do then. And this is where we go right to the heart of Galatians, because you know, it would have been the easiest thing in the world for Paul to let this go and say, well, you know, it's no big issue. These people are powerful. These people are influential. The ones who are coming in and try to change things. But he doesn't do that. He takes them on. It's too important because if you need to be circumcised as a Jew to be saved, then what is the point of Christ? He died for nothing. And so he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And the point is that peace goes with rightness or righteousness or truth or truthfulness. And you can tell I sort of struggled to find the right word. And, and maybe the word is integrity. Our outward appearance, our outward behaviour has to match what we believe and what we know. And in the past, when as a young minister faced with somebody I now think was a bit of a bully, I preserved peace on the surface, and it was a good bit of church management, but I didn't act with integrity because somebody got his way who really shouldn't have done. And it wasn't real peace because real peace goes all the way down. Real peace is the fruit of the Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, and God is light, 
and in him there is no darkness at all. And maybe you'd expect me at this point to mention Black Lives Matter and the unrest and the protests around that that have been over the last couple of weeks. And well, I think we really have to mention it. Is it peace when angry people shout slogans and demand justice? Is it peace when they pull a statue over and dump it in Bristol Harbour? Is it peace when they won't stay quiet but insist on rocking the boat? Well, no, and that is kind of the point, because that is part of a journey towards peace, because peace is not a negative virtue. Peace is not about keeping quiet and doing nothing. Sometimes peace is about making a noise, and it's disturbing. And I don't live there anymore, but I call Bristol, where the statue of Edward Colston was pulled over, my home. Uh, I went to university there. I lived there for many years. It's a city I know very well and that I love. And that act of destruction really did shock me, and I, I really had to think it through. And I came to the conclusion that while I absolutely don't think it was right to pull it down like that, yes, it was one of those statues that should have gone. And I'm actually fine about that. And maybe that change of mind in me is the fruit of peace growing in me. And I find that a disturbing thought because it makes me think, well, how many more things do I need to unlearn? How many more things do I need to learn? And it reminded me of the saying that God comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfortable. And maybe we think we're living in peace when really we're just living in comfort and God needs to disturb us. So fruit of the Spirit, peace as a fruit of the Spirit, is a complicated and a challenging quality. It's a disturbing quality because it's inseparable from integrity. You probably know the Hebrew word for it, shalom, which means something like the state of things being right in right relationships. So I'm coming to the end, but let me give you some ideas about what peace might look like for ourselves and for the church. The first thing is this. First, it, it springs from our security in Christ. We have nothing to prove and we have nothing to earn. We have been loved with an everlasting love and Christ has died for us. And so we're okay. We can sleep at night in peace. Secondly, this, we have nothing to prove to one another. If we are at peace, if we're confident in Christ, we don't compete with each other. We don't aim for domination. Why would we? We already have everything. What's left for us to gain? Thirdly, if we are people of peace, we are not complacent. We know that peace goes with integrity and we know the sins and the failures of our own hearts and we will repent and we will learn. And fourthly, because of that, we will be open to a holy restlessness. Jeremiah condemns those who say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And the fruit of the Spirit is peace in us. But when people don't know Jesus, or when they're sick, or they're poor, or they're struggling, or they're oppressed, there is no peace. 
And Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So may the fruit of the Spirit grow in you. And may God bless you with peace. And may God make you peacemakers. Amen.